Welcome to the Dildorks, dorky discourse on sex, dating, and masturbating. My name is Matthew Bischoff. I'm a technologist, a sex nerd, and I listened to my first Dildorks episode the night before I started dating one of the co-hosts. Who are you, friend? (laughs) Hello, my name is Ash. I'm a photographer, a porny person, and uh, much like my uh, half of the Dildorks here, I also didn't decide what I was going to say. Um, (laughs) But Oh, oh, I started listening to the show because uh, I saw this hot guy at a conference and found out he has a podcast where he talks about sex a lot so I figured I'd listen to it that's such a that's such a great reason to start listening <laughs> that's a, that sounds like I don't know if you'd like show. it I don't know I don't know Deeply so, wouldn't like listening to it but that's fine <laughs> so uh Kate asked me a little while ago um what what should be done for the 250th episode of the Dillworks it's that's a big milestone for the two of you. Mm-hmm. And I pitched her this idea of, uh, you know, having both me and Ash on to, uh, to put you in the hot seat, to to interview both <laughs> of the hosts, normally interviewing other people and, and talking about uh, advice and sex. Um, so Ash and I are going to run the show this week and ask the two of you some questions. Some of these questions are from uh, myself and Ash, and some of them are from listeners who submitted them. Um, so we'll try to focus on what it's been like to make the podcast every week for 250 weeks uh, plus. Uh, Sound good? Yeah, thank you for stepping up. I recorded a different podcast earlier in the day, and it's like so much smoother sailing to just sit here with my drink and just listen to people ask me questions. (laughs) You you don't feel like you're in the hot seat at all? You feel like it's a chill uh, chill guest spot? Oh, this is the cool seat. This is the chill seat. (laughs) Bring it on. I don't know, Kate. I have some some pretty grueling questions here. I I really want (laughs) to hear your opinion on some of these things. You have some some things to answer for. This is deep (laughs) investigative journalism. These are all gotcha questions. I was a journalism major for about two whole months so I think I can go toe-to-toe with you yeah that's all the experience you need that's fine that's fine (laughs) okay so let's kick it off with some questions uh of our own um starting at the very beginning I guess a very good place to start so for folks who maybe haven't listened to the entire run of the show it's a lot of it's a lot of content um how did you (laughs) how did you decide to uh, make the podcast together. How did you decide to make a sex podcast and what was the beginning of making the show like? I think that the Dildorks was born when I tweeted something in like early 2016 about like, I always want to start a podcast and I'll never get around to it. And Bex, who I didn't... hello. Yeah, (laughs) I didn't even know you that well at the time. Like we had hung out a handful of times, but I don't think that we were yeah. considering each other like best friends or anything. Mm-hmm. And you reached out and you were like, I've always wanted to start a sex podcast. And I think we had like a Skype call to talk about it. Yeah. And we like uh, sketched out some ideas for episodes and we, you know, did some brainstorming on names and taglines yeah. and stuff. I think collectively we came up with I was like, okay, listen, like, we'll, we'll, but before our next meeting, the two of us will come up with like 25 episode ideas each. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that'll like prove that we can, that there are things to talk about, that we will be able to like, we'll come down, you know, we'll pick our top whatever is that are going to be our first few episodes. Mm-hmm. But I'd like to at least be able to like come up with 50 solid episode ideas yeah. to like prove that we have things to talk about. Um, yeah, I don't Kate, even think Kate gives that advice all, all the time now. <laughs> whenever, whenever folks ask, like, "How should I start a podcast?" That's like the first thing she says. 
Or a blog. Like, make yeah. sure that you yeah. have ideas for posts or for episodes uh, that go beyond, you know, 10 or 15. Because I think a lot of people think that they have a ton to say on a topic and don't necessarily. And we wanted to make sure that we actually had enough to say about sex. And evidently we do. We, we can talk yeah. all day about this stuff. <laughs> Seems to be the case. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, so wait, you, read, you did the 25 ideas and then you just started the podcast. It was that easy. So there was no, like, there was no, I just <laughs> want to make sure the story's over. Oh, yeah. I don't want to make Yeah. How did the name come about? How did, you know, the artwork, how did it all come together? Tell us a little more. Uh, yeah. I think that Bex came up with the dildorks and I came up with dorky discourse on sex, dating and masturbating. Mm. Yeah, I think so. It is the only, like, I think I'm pretty bad at naming things across the board and it is like the single name i am most proud of i disagree i think you named me great i think you're great at naming things but like yeah i do have a particular swell of both pride and joy every time i like casually mention my podcast and people are like what is it called and i'm like the dildorks isn't that hilarious (laughs) it's real funny right so So am i don't worry that's how i feel when i also tell people about the podcast and i'm like i know it's exactly as great as the title is go on listen to it no and then i'm always like but you don't need to actually wait i we work together gosh i maybe i shouldn't have told i was too excited (laughs) well no that happens to me (laughs) anyway i think um on a date and it's just uh (laughs) When we were naming it, we were like, we're both bad at naming things. Like, we got to find somebody who's good at naming things. And I was like, my blog mm-hmm. is called Girly Juice. Like, that's a terrible name. <laughs> and, and you were like, mine just says what I do. Let's <laughs> talk sex. I think sex does indeed blog talk names sex. are great. Yes, it does yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, literally just, just, just what's on the can. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> My mom still thinks that your blog is called Sex with Bex. She gets it wrong every single time, oh, yes. and I find it adorable, That's, so I don't correct her. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's fine. Uh, so, sounds like a different experience, but, you know. Can I, it's I a very good blog, talking, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ash, why don't you take the next one? Yeah. Excellent. So our other podcasting friends at Off the Cuffs, um, they're always having a great time just picking up new kinks from their guest, I say, as I have recently been a guest on that show. Um, <laughs> I love that episode, um, You were great, way. by the way. Yeah. Oh, thanks. I was very nervous. And Dick and Lexi chatted with me for a bunch beforehand. And then by the time we started, I was like, oh, right, I'm podcasting. It was great. <laughs> um, I adore all of them. But anywho, <laughs> speaking of them, um, what's something, is there anything that a Dildorks guest has ever said or a listener or anything that majorly changed your perspective on the way you personally have sex or do kink? I think one of the most illuminating moments I've had on this show was when we talked to Sinclair Sexsmith about mm. punishment in DS mm. dynamics, um, mm. which is like a very fraught topic and people feel a lot of different ways about it. But I think Sinclair basically said something like, I don't believe in like really punishing real things that somebody has done wrong in a relationship um, mm. using DS or or kink stuff um, because that's not healthy. I mean, you have to work out your relationship conflicts on a more even playing field. And there are definitely people who would disagree mm. with that for various reasons. But um, that really informed the way that I felt able to identify as kinky because I had always been like, I don't like being punished uh, in DS mm-hmm. dynamics. It makes me feel bad. It brings up, 
like actual trauma around being actually punished. Um, mm-hmm. And I always kind of thought like, am I not kinky enough that I'm not into that? And then to hear from someone who I think of as being extremely kinky that that wasn't a part of their dynamic at all. And they actually thought it was inadvisable. I was like, Oh, okay. That's great. Yeah. yeah that's that's awesome. actually something that you brought up when we were way back when we first negotiated our like capital P protocols. Like we talked about that exact concept about like, okay, then when you don't do them well, so here's the thing. <laughs> not going to punish you because this is what I believe. And I was like, oh, no, that makes sense. Yeah, you probably am probably just being avoided about something. Yeah, you're probably right. You probably just. Yeah. Well, I, like, I don't know. I look at my job as the dominant as to like give my submissive tasks they can complete and help them to do that. Like mm-hmm. to give them a good time. Because that is also the kind of kink that the people I play with enjoy. Yeah, I do. Um, <laughs> I did notice that like we realized recently that the closest thing to like a punishment style dynamic is when they make a very silly, like ADHD didn't even think about what they were doing kind of mistake. Mm. And I will like gently be like, did you, did you just, did you just, I don't know, put those things where like, did you really just put the sugar in the refrigerator? Is that, is that where that lives? <laughs> do you think? Like anything One that will time. get them giggling at their own silliness. Yeah. One time. I made. A, I, we were going in the wrong direction, and we're driving oh. up this like weird little road, and it was weird. And we were like, "When will we ever turn around? Do we just go straight forever?" It's just this one like little one lane road, except it wasn't like there were other people coming, which was weird and stressful. <laughs> and we're like, "Okay," and we finally found a spot to turn around, but it was a weird little off the side spot. And I did like yeah. this. 16 point K turn and it was very complicated and I was very stressed and I think it was raining or something. Yeah. And, <laughs> and we just wanted to get to like wherever we were going. We and he was talking to me to like help me be chill and just chatting with me. And then by the time I got out of the spot, I went back in the direction we'd been going. <laughs> <laughs> I think a solid five minutes trying to turn around and uh-huh. just kept going. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And as soon as I turned right, he's like pet I Okay. <laughs> So yeah, when I do stuff like that anyway, he makes fun of me in a way that makes me laugh and and, and feel silly instead of just like bad at stuff, Yeah, is cute and great and also very embarrassing, but I like it. That's great. Kate and I have a bunch of punishments that we negotiated like really early in our dynamic. And I think I can count on like Mm -hmm. one hand the times that we've ever used them. It just comes up so infrequently. Yeah, but also I think you learned very quickly that I don't respond well to it. Like, you really don't want a submissive who's, like, crying and being like, I am garbage, I'm sorry, I (laughs) fucked up, and I'm the worst, and you shouldn't be with me. It's like, I I just wanted to make you write lines because you forgot to wear your collar. Like, calm down. (laughs) I mean, they they do want a submissive crying, but the rest of that they don't want. That's true. Different kind of tears. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll jump into the next one. So, um, what would the episode one versions of yourselves like? Take yourself back to that that period of time. Like, what would they be most surprised by about where you are now and how the how the show's gone? <laughs> I think, like, I think I would be surprised that I'm less slutty mm. than mm-hmm. I think I. Th- I was working towards (laughs) just to say I'm I'm still fairly slutty like I'm not Uh that is but like I don't know (sighs) I am is that just aging or is there something else going on there what is that just like getting older or is there something else going on there (sighs) no I mean I think my relationship to sex has just like (sighs) I had 
like at the time when we started the podcast and things, I think I had a lot of um, things tied into pursuing sex around self-worth and mm. masculinity, honestly, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, you know, getting laid meant a lot more than just how fun sex was. Yeah, um, relatable. <laughs> like there was, there was social capital involved mm-hmm. in that. There was proving like, you know, do I hook up with this queer person to prove that I'm queer enough to myself? Like yeah. all kinds of things like that in there. And I'm just <sighs> less, I care less about all of that. Like I am just, I've worked through a lot of that. I'm more comfy in who I am. So like, yeah, I still have a, probably a lot of sex i guess but it is less like oh i gotta go out and like hook up with someone like i wonder if someone's cute's gonna be there oh my gosh (laughs) like that is less my driving force and i think yeah and i think that's kind of what i was channeling when i started the podcast i was like yeah i'll play into like my sexy energy like i used to listen to the swing set a lot more than uh well i still listen to them quite a bit um but they uh used to talk about starting the show to like hook up with folks and how it evolved for them and became about community and like I wasn't quite doing that but it is like I don't know my relationship to sexuality and the way I think that that shows in this podcast has absolutely evolved over the years what about you Kate I can see that I I very much relate to that I think that I was also like having a lot of sex at that time for reasons that my current self would frown upon a little bit or at least be like (laughs) girl, do you really want to do that? Or do you just feel like you have to do that in order to be liked or to be cool or to be sufficiently sex positive? Like, it's really fine if you actually just want to stay in bed and watch Netflix instead of going out to hook up with some random dude who, like, doesn't know what the clit is. Um, And I think, like, like I've come out as demisexual since uh, we started the pod, and I think that younger me would be very surprised about that because I think... I I was like desperately looking to make emotional connections through sex, which I gather many people do. And like mm-hmm. I have done that, but it was not the norm in my experiences. Like I I was always hoping that the sex even one night stands would like involve some degree of intimacy or getting to know the, another human being or feeling connected to somebody and it just so mm-hmm. rarely did that. Uh, and now I just take a very different approach. Like I, I'm just not inclined to have sex with somebody unless I really, really, really want to. Super fascinating how similar those answers are. Uh, you know, even though different, different ways to get there, but that's, that's really, that's really neat. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think our podcast has gotten progressively less explicit over the years as we have like kind of gone on that journey. Um, there's still it's hints of it. Like there's still episodes show. where it's like really sexy out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, but true. then you both notice it, and one of you acknowledges it, and you're like, "Yeah, I guess we just all right." Anyway, so now that we're done yeah. the erotical portion of the show, and you laugh at it and move on, exactly. That's how, like, yeah, I love that I don't know. in a Dilworks episode. <laughs> yeah, and I think well, I do think there was an element early on where like it felt more important to me that I be just kind of ambiently or somewhat sexy to have my thoughts on sex and kink be worth listening to. Yeah. Like there is certainly humor in there too. And that's still a tool I use because, you know, you do need to be entertaining to be listened to on pretty much any subject, but Mm -hmm. there was certainly a degree of like, 
I, that like I, if I was going to talk about sex and get people to listen to me, I had to turn them on to do that. And mm-hmm. that is not remotely my goal these days, true. honestly. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, like I professionally turn people on elsewhere. This is, please don't, I don't, I don't, please don't do that here. <laughs> yeah. That's so, that's so true. Cause like, I feel like we've both learned that lesson both on this show and also in our personal lives that like, mm-hmm. you don't have to constantly be like slutting it up and telegraphing your sexiness like I feel like when I used to go on dates I would say very early like oh I was just working on a blog post today about how much I love giving blowjobs like let's just really trying to telegraph <laughs> that I'm like really down with sex and I'm a cool chill girl and it's like now I just I don't know I don't feel the need to prove myself to people as much like that anymore yeah. right and also I don't know I feel like the kind of people who would be whoa about that sort of thing are not the kind of people that either of y'all are very interested in fucking anymore at this point in your lives. Yeah. 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 That reaction, like there, there are a handful of general reactions I get to at some point I do bring this stuff up and those reactions were interesting earlier on. And now they're, they're the same ones over and over and I'm <laughs> you're tired. I'm done. Yeah. I'm tired. I'm, I'm tired. old and tired. Can't deal yeah. with it anymore. <laughs> All right. Thanks for that answer. Okay, that was well, great. You, you two old tired question. people. Um, you two old tired people. If you you've had lots of awesome <laughs> guests, like I love your show just with y'all, and I also love your show when you have guests, which is actually kind of weird because a lot of podcasts I have opinions on when they have guests, or <laughs> yeah, I, I you know I don't like returning to episodes with guests. I'm like, oh, it's not it's not as good one. But no, mm-hmm. you guys have great guests. Anyway, um, <laughs> who is your dream guest that you would have on the show that you haven't asked, and uh, what kind of things would you want to talk to them about? I will say. Yeah, uh, Molina for it, sure, without question. <laughs> I, um, I, I do want to say about our guests, though, like, um, just because we don't often talk about this part of the process, but, like, <laughs> we are super choosy about who we invite on the show, and, like, we get mm-hmm. a lot of, like, press releases and PR emails from people being like, can we please come on your show to promote stuff? And it's like, if we don't find their stuff interesting and compelling, we know that our audience won't really either. And mm-hmm. so I think a lot of the people who we invite on are either like super smart or doing something super weird and unique or some combination of that. Or uh, and there are people, yeah. Oh gosh, <laughs> that makes me feel really great as a two-time guest. <laughs> Two. Anyway. Yeah, we just like, we want to really respect every guest that we have on the show. That, that sounds mean. Like I don't respect people we haven't invited on. But, <laughs> you know, like I, I feel what you're saying, Ash, about like not always enjoying guest episodes of podcasts that you regularly listen to. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, when I think of shows like You're Wrong About or Maintenance Phase, like when they have guests on, those guests are brilliant. And I really I trust their, their curation of guests. And that's, I think, mm-hmm. what I aspire to do with this show when we have guests on yeah and and selfishly i will add that often we have guests on the show because (laughs) i hear someone saying something clever and go i want to talk to you about that i have an excuse to do that i have an excuse to do that for an hour (laughs) and call it my job so like so much the better if we both have a crush on them which has happened many times oh yeah (laughs) that's the best really i've never noticed that ever i've never caught a hint of that before i've never flirted with a guest on this show i don't know what you're talking about (laughs) absolutely not But yeah, dream guest 100% is Molina. I have reached out to her, I think maybe once or twice, but um, she's so so brilliant that I find her very intimidating and I already Mm -hmm. get nervous about every guest that we have on. So 
mm-hmm. you know, I, I see her as like and, a distant goal in the future sometime if she's ever down for it. What's the big question yeah. you'd ask her? She's. <sighs> oh, God. She's, God, she's one of those people that I would listen to teach me how to like <laughs> boil pasta. Yeah. And just <laughs> she could teach me literally anything. But I really she has really, really fascinating views on like 24 seven DS and service. And I, I really appreciate what she has to say about her model of service where like. Sometimes her job is to nag and hassle and make sure her dominant gets things done. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, her job kind of looks like the dominant in some ways in, like, you have this appointment and you need to do this. Like, this kind of personal assistant. Yeah, that's so Um, cool. Caregiving, caretaking uh, stuff. Yeah. Exactly. I think, uh, I often think of, like, Josh and Donna dynamic from West Uh Wing (laughs) in that kind of, where she just bosses him into being effective at his job. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and like, I know Molina does a lot of similar stuff in her dynamic and that is her version of service. And I would just love to talk to her more about that. Me too. That should happen. For sure. I I would be interested to chat with her about, um, being a badass, strong woman who's also a submissive, because that's something Mm -hmm. I always, um, would like to get better at. And I'm also really fascinated by her takes on race play and would really love to chat with her about the one aspect of race play that I've ever like considered playing with that's relevant to my heritage, which is like something involving Jews and maybe Nazis, which I read about in her Mm -hmm. book. And I was like, Uh that sounds rough, but also there's some tiny part of me that's like, hmm, Interesting. Yeah, she's told some really fabulous stories on Risk um, about her experiences with that and just her experiences craving submission as a black woman, which, like, even if you separate out the ideas of race play, like, is a really fucking complicated thing. Absolutely. Especially because she is now married to a white man and submissive to him all the time. Like, that is... And he was raised by literal Nazis. Yeah. 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 Like, literally has Austrian accent, I believe. Um, So, like, that Uh is just, that is all a lot for her to have navigated, and she has thought a ton about it, and I've heard her speak really brilliantly on all of that, and I would just love to have a conversation about it. Yeah, awesome. this is the I Molina all, fan cast now. Yeah, I was just going to say the same thing. I think we're all huge fans, so that would be that would be great. And it turns yeah. out she's yeah. here. Yeah. No. Um, It'll be <laughs> uh, Not at all. Uh, Door number three. So uh, It'll be a take, good episode when it happens. <laughs> take us behind the scenes a little. Uh, the 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 director's commentary, the the Blu-ray special features of the Dildorks. Um, what's the process of making the show look like each week? Who does which parts of it, and what's changed over the the two hundred fifty episodes with regard to like how you split things up, division of labor. Mm. This is such a good question. I always get curious about this when I listen to other people's podcasts. Oh, me too. Of having done my own. Um, Basically, how we've done it for a long time is uh, one of us will prep the episode, meaning that, like, we pitch a topic to the other one. We'll we'll both agree on the topic. Sometimes mm-hmm. a few days in advance, but sometimes the day of. And <laughs> Yeah, um, often the morning of. I'm like, I look at my calendar <laughs> and I'm like, the fuck do I want to talk about today? Okay. <laughs> I got this. Yeah. Like, you prepare way more in advance than I do because you're a responsible adult and I have ADHD. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, I also, we have different work schedules and yeah, different mm-hmm. brains. So I think that's part of the reason that we're a good complimentary team for the show. But so yeah. one of us will pitch a topic. Whoever pitched the topic usually will put together a list of like general discussion questions. And then I'll usually uh, pull my audience on Instagram for additional listener questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we usually do the show over Skype with video, which is a little bit unusual in the podcasting world. Like typically you would only do audio. That's what I do on my other show, Question Box. But mm-hmm. we've always done it with video. We're not doing video today because we have too many people on the call and the bandwidth would fuck up. But uh, <laughs> we usually do video because I think like uh, partly because of your ADHD and partly just because of our dynamic, like I we've always just found it easier to not interrupt each other and to see where each other are going with a point if we can actually see mm-hmm. each other's faces. Um, and I think that's just because, like, we've been best friends for so fucking long. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, we each separately record our audio tracks, and then I edit them on Tuesdays and do the uploading, and Bex handles the Patreon side of things. Cool. Yeah. yeah. It's it's a little magical because like I you, I definitely come up with the questions in advance, but like to some degree, my experience of this is like, so what do I want to talk about my with my best friend today? What, yeah. what are we gonna? Aww. What is she gonna say clever things about? That's Great, so and then and then I just get to chat with you for a while, and then strangers come up to me at kink parties and go, "Oh my god, are you Bex?" And I don't really know what happens in between. I don't. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of improvisation, a lot of magic going into the show every week. Yeah. <laughs> that was a fun, cute thing because I'm also someone who really, really loves little hints about how podcast, like the behind the scenes of podcasts when like host mentioned mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And so when we started dating and you would casually mention things and I'm like, oh, oh, so Kate just picks the bloops. Oh, that's so funny. And like, <laughs> or like sometimes I will, I'll come over on Thursday and you're like, oh, we recorded earlier and I don't know if it's going to be a bloop. So I'm going to tell you about it now. And (laughs) (laughs) or like little things like that are just kind of like, I don't remember when I said this or I don't know when it's coming out. But Kate asked this great question. And it's just we like, said that earlier. Well, because I do wind up in this weird place of like, we'll be having a conversation and uh-huh. I'll be repeating myself in a thing that I know that they have either just listened to or already listened to. Oh my God, this happens right. to us having, all the time. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But we're like actively having the conversation. So I'm not going to just like stop talking and be right. like, it's that thing that I said, remember. So like, I have to keep saying the thing to talk about how it fits into this new context. Right. And I'm like, yes. And you know, I'll finish the quote and you're like, right. And then you finish the quote because you still have to say it. It was right. the thought you were in the middle of having. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, no, I know you heard this already, but I didn't get to experience telling you this already. I just right. told a little fuzzy a microphone in front of me. Yeah. But That's I need different. to acknowledge that you heard it. <laughs> or my favorite thing is randomly being like, ha, ha. When you said this the other day, and you're like, "Oh, I did, that sounds. I I think I said that. Sure, yes." <laughs> they will just text me my own quotes, and I'm like, "Did I? That certainly sounds like a thing I said with my face. I don't. Uh huh. I listened to it at school, and I'm like, <laughs> "You're funny. I like you. Look what you said." <laughs> yeah, one of my favorite things is when listeners tweet at us with a quote from an episode, especially if it's like mm. an older episode that I haven't listened to in a long time, because I'm always like, "Whoa, I don't remember saying that." <laughs> And, and that I was how smarter. I flirted with you a bit. I would oh, tweet. Right. I would tweet 
dildorks quotes at you <laughs> and be like i love this show i notice how they're like you know how i flirted with you i told you how clever you were i just i just fawned over your brain your ideas about kink yeah it works almost like we like similar things i don't know yeah <laughs> um well neat Great. That's how the podcast gets made. It's magical. It is incredibly impressive that it's been happening for 250 episodes every week. It's wild. <laughs> However, you. the show is pitched as sex dating and masturbating, and I'm a pretty frequent listener. Um, <laughs> and lately, it's covered a lot of kink and, um, you know, DS and everything that it did in the beginning. Um, so what do you think? I don't know. Tell us more about that change, about the shift. Is it something you um, just kind of happened gradually? Was it like a conscious shift? Is it something you noticed even happening? Well, I mean, short answer is kink doesn't rhyme with sex dating and masturbating. <laughs> <laughs> and we right, forgot we're exactly. perverts. And I like, sort that's... of include kink under the category of sex, although as I've aged, I've I've been more like, actually, no, I think that those are kind of two separate things for many people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's kind of like, I think when we were writing it, like we would have thought of kink, if if I don't even remember if we acknowledged it, but I think we would have thought of kink as a subset of sex yeah um or a portion of it or a way to have sex right um and i think these days in addition to like we talked about having less of a need to like feel like we're sounding sexy when we're talking about sex Mm -hmm. i think our interests in kink has moved into a more like psychological and i consider it somewhat spiritual in like yeah complicated ways um and you know more about I don't know, big, broad thoughts around kink. Like, the way we engage with kink is different these days, and mm-hmm. it it is less easy to just kind of segment it under the umbrella of sex. These days when I tell people about my podcast, I, I, pretty much my, like, elevator pitch is, you know, it's the dildorks, d- dorky discourse on sex, dating, and masturbating, except we forgot we're perverts and we talk a lot more about kink, too. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> I like that. And, like, the footnote. I do always kind of squeeze it in because, like, no, it is, especially because often when I'm telling people about it, it's at, like, kinky events or whatever, but it is, it, it feels much more like a kink podcast than I think we would have even really thought was a thing at the time we made it. I don't think we would have thought of yeah. ourselves as wanting to make a kink podcast. Full disclosure, I say my boyfriend has a kink podcast. That <laughs> yeah. is my when I'm like, oh, it's daughter's gonna be boyfriend. Like, they're, 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 you know, him his best friends are sex educators, and it's great and it's funny and it's like really informative and it's a lot about kink and also like sex and stuff. Anyway, you should listen to it, <laughs> and then you'll hear about how um, the sex I like apparently. Anyway, so yeah, kink podcast. yeah, but I, I think also like we both during the time of doing the podcast have been in two relationships each that were Mm -hmm. really serious DS dynamics that like I had not been in anything remotely resembling 24-7 DS at the time that we started the podcast like I had barely Mm -hmm. done any kink I had been you know spanked here and there by a few casual partners I think poorly and uh having a daddy dom and then a uh, a spouse who I am many things to um, mm-hmm. kink wise has really shifted the way I think about kink and I think when I when we started the show like I was thinking about it much more theoretically and much more as like this fun side dish to sex and yeah like I think about mm-hmm. it much more as like a pivotal part of my life and my relationships now 
It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. There's also a lot, a lot more queerness just discussed on every episode than in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And there's also like transness comes up a lot more. And it's just, I feel like the whole show has, has grown mm-hmm. in a lot of great directions. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah quit, Bex yeah. went through a whole ass gender transition <laughs> in the show. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, speaking of the bisexual episode is the first episode I listened to you of you guys. Like when I was like, oh, I'm going to try to listen to that podcast that that guy had at the, at the, the show. And I scrolled and I was like, I'm, I always try to pick. I never when I decide if I like a podcast, I pick an episode that sounds about something that I think is already interesting. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. if you can't talk interesting about something I already like, then like, why the fuck am I listening to you? Mm, so you <laughs> anyway, bisexuality. And it was a rant. It's a very angry rant. The oh, whole yeah. Episode. That's <laughs> an enraged <laughs> episode. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. That's all I remember yeah. about it. It's been years since I've heard it. like, this but. boy has opinions. I'm going to keep him. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so this one is is more maybe in the realm of a hypothetical. Uh, you don't need to get high for it, <laughs> but just like go into that space in your brain. Mm-hmm. Um, if the Dilders was ever going to make the jump from acclaimed podcast to some other medium, be it a book or a Broadway musical or whatever, a film, um, what yeah. would that look like in your wildest dreams? It would have to be a TV show. Uh, yeah. Yep. Because Bex, uh, Bex is best experienced when you can see and hear him. <laughs> I and agree. <laughs> I've been seeing in this whole episode, and it's been brilliant. <laughs> it really is true. And I feel like a lot of our podcast listeners, if they've never seen him speak in person or on video, may not know this. But, I mean, he, he's very into talking with his hands and body language and miming things. And like, I'm not really comfortable on video. It's not really my preferred medium, but I just feel like we would not be able to capture the overall charm of our friendship and the things we like to talk about if it was not a visual media. Like, you know, if if you have the means, you might as well do that. Yeah. 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 I think, and I do, I think it is the format that would just suit like what we do best Mm -hmm. as well. Um, Like I'm, a nerd with TV as it is. Um, like it is my favorite kind of media as is, but I do think it would allow us like the opportunity to delve into one idea really deep in several segments versus like a a show or musical or like another kind of long form thing, a movie, whatever. Cause Mm -hmm. that is the kind of thing that really immerses into a single idea and the kind of conversations we have and the stuff we do doesn't really lend itself to that. And also, Bex, are you telling me that cool. uh, that uh, that the dildorks couldn't work as uh, uh, sixty second TikToks because there's too much <laughs> nuance? I'm just disappointed because I was too I was really looking forward to a dildorks the rock opera, and I'm really <laughs> upset that you're telling me now that I don't get a rock up. I just uh, listen. I'm sorry. No one would let me sing. I don't. <laughs> no. I mean, there could be a character based on you, but played by yeah. like some Broadway superstar. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd be down with that. that that's You fine. have to play the drums, though. Sorry, you have to learn to play the drums to do the rock <laughs> opera, yes. Okay, I can do that. It would work with the arm flailing. Yes. Very, very animated. <laughs> play the drums yeah. in a very Italian way. <laughs> can you use a dildo as, as a drumstick just to kind of tie it all together? <laughs> okay, no. So I did see, I did go to a workshop once where <laughs> someone taught uh, caning with drumsticks uh-huh. and they were a drummer and they did like percussion to the beat like along the person's body and different parts of their body made different sounds it was really <laughs> fucking cool so we've determined that we are going to acquire a drumstick at a show together at some point um, yeah. and, and, and hit each other with it 
we exclusively have to get one discovered at a concert. Right. Amazing. Like, we can't just go to Sam Ash and buy a drumstick. No, yeah. we, we have to, it has to be it acquired has to be at a show. From mm-hmm. a drummer somewhere. Yes, correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. My brother's a drummer. He'll throw you one if you if you really need one. I don't. I don't. I mean, I don't know. That's not weird. <laughs> <laughs> I, it feels, I love your it, brother it feels and all, but like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Um. So I mean, this is this is a great question. I was glad that I could ask this question because this has happened to me live in person. Listen, I want to hear <laughs> um, that. How do y'all feel when you get recognized uh, in public or hit on by fans? Um, do either of you have any interesting, funny, wild, weird stories about just being a, a dildork out and about in the world and being being <laughs> spotted? <laughs> I, I This actually doesn't happen to me hardly at all because I think I live in Toronto and not New York mm. where people are like kind of more inclined to keep to themselves and also mm-hmm. I don't go to as many like queer spaces and kinky spaces as you do so I'm not running into our target audience all that often but I know that this has happened yeah. to you a bunch which makes me really happy <laughs> we've had it happen a few times like walking around together in Toronto I think especially like yeah. when we were going to events <laughs> together and we that's definitely that's gonna be trippy if you see the two yeah. hosts of a podcast that you like like yeah, physically true. together just like, <laughs> imagine just Sarah and Michael just at a at a at a Kohl's. I don't oh, know why they're at Kohl's. God, I, I die. I just die. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I, it happens to me in like so the New York, Philly, Baltimore, DC kink scene is like <laughs> a lot of us go to all the same events and things like that. Um, so like there are definitely folks in that crowd that listen to me. So I wind up going to events and running into them, um, which is always cool and weird. Um, I'm pretty much always caught off guard by it. It's real um, cute. Yeah, I'm always like, because I never quite know what to say. <laughs> like, I, I I am flattered and excited, and also suddenly you know so much about, like, they say it, and what rattles through my head is everything I have said on the past 250 <laughs> podcast, episodes of this podcast. Right. I'm like, wow, you just know all that about my dick okay i mean i have the same reaction when people are like oh yeah i follow your porn twitter and i'm like of course you do i don't hide it and (laughs) sure Uh it's fine um but it it, it, like it's always really flattering and it feels kind of cool afterwards i do like when i'm out with especially when ash and i started dating and like early on people be like oh my god are you back so i'm like stop I swear I'm cool. I'm sorry. I didn't. (laughs) The first time I was identified somewhere as, oh, I listened to your boyfriend's podcast. Oh, wow. I was like, wow. I just went on. I mean, me too, but like, okay. I just went on a walk with a friend of mine the other day. um, And Mm -hmm. he was like, oh, by the way, I've been loving the free uh, newsletters uh, of submissives. And I was like, oh, okay. You're reading, you're reading those (laughs) now. All right. (laughs) My wife's intimate essays about our sex life. Yikes. Okay. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. No, the number of um, times I've introduced Bex to a friend post pandemic for the first time and been like, "Um, yeah, this is such a, oh, you know what? She subs my OnlyFans, so and he's like, "Oh, <laughs> I'm yeah. just meeting Dick first, great." Uh-huh. And, they, and they'll tell me like when we're in the car on the way, <laughs> and I'm just like, uh, "That's fine. That's okay." Because <laughs> you react like that, it's fine. yeah. It's always just it's it, and like 
I, it is not a thing that I am weird about. And I like when people who have listened to my show are like, hey, we listened to your show. Like, that's cute. Yeah. Um, but it, it certainly always catches me off guard. <laughs> yeah. I'll say for me, I don't know if this goes for you as well, but I always appreciate when people are like, hey, I love your show. I really resonated with this specific episode because X, Y, Z. Like that, mm. at least then I have a jumping point, a jumping off point for how to talk to them. Um, but I can, can I tell a brief story that's like one of the weirdest yeah, like please. fan interactions I yes. had? Yes, please. Okay. So I was going to see my friend Brent Black perform at a concert because um, mm-hmm. he was playing in Toronto and I was pretty drunk and already because um, I, I think he had drink tickets or something. I don't remember. But oh, so boy. this guy, <laughs> this guy sidles up to me at the bar and he's like, excuse me, are you Kate Sloan? And I was like, yes, why? And he was like, I follow you on Instagram. I like your podcast. He introduced himself. I don't remember his name. Uh, I was drunk. And he offered to buy me a shot. And I let him buy me a shot, even though I was like, what am I getting myself into here? And um, mm-hmm. and then we like kissed a little bit. But then Brent mm-hmm. came on and I was like, shh, shh, my friend's performing. I can't, I can't talk to you anymore. <laughs> like, I want to talk to Brent. And then um, I think that he thought that I was going to like take him home with me or something, but I didn't. Like I was, I, at the mm-hmm. end of the night, I was drunk. I was tired. I just wanted to get McDonald's and go home. Um, mm-hmm. But I, he did get my number. And then I would say about two or three months later, I was at the Oasis Sex Club. I was waiting around oh. for my friend with benefits to show up. And this man comes up to me and he goes, excuse me, are you Kate Sloan? And I was like, yes. Yeah. This is a place where it makes a lot of sense for me to meet someone who knows me. And he was right. like, oh, I follow I you on Instagram it. and I and I like your podcast. And and we chatted for a couple minutes. And I was like, I'm waiting for my friend with benefits to show up. So I'm actually like not really available. So, so he like went off and mm-hmm. went to talk with someone else. And I was, I realized about five minutes after, our conversation ended it was the same guy he just That's i so guess weird. like oh. had, had assumed again. that i didn't remember him right, right. which i kind of uh. didn't so right that's still weird <laughs> but like yeah and also saying like oh i we i we made out at a bar once and then uh, you didn't text me back is also weird and so do you yeah. just not say hi I don't, yeah yeah I mean, that's a weird guy i just would not have said hi same <laughs> like I like I was so drunk that he got a blank slate for a try number two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <I> don't. <laughs> Yikes! As a palate cleanser, a uh, funny and uh, I don't know better fan interaction story. Um, I had not so much fan. I don't know, but I had been um, for our Task Fest episode. I think mm-hmm. I had told a story about someone who like. I flirted with briefly and it was real cute and then like another cute person like he was a cis guy and like this cute trans person came over and like vetted him for me and was like I saw you talking to this person he's actually like really good friend of mine just I, I mean he's not trans but like we like him anyway I know cis, <laughs> but, like, we like him anyway and it was this other person who I've always thought is really cute but I was like they, they're always so busy I'm not gonna bother them so like to have one cute person flirt with me and then this other cute stranger be like hi I just wanted to let you know like I've, I'm aware of you. I know you have a podcast. Like, you're you're chill, and, like, uh, he's chill. He's cis, but he's chill. Um, one of the, one of the good ones. I was like, that was a really cute story. Yeah, and I so I, like, told that story on the podcast, and there was a moment when we were flirting, and they were, like, peering around the corner and made me all blushy, and Aww. it, like, gave me flirty feelings. It was very cute. So I tell a story on the podcast because it's a cute story on the podcast. The next con I go to, they come over and they're like, 
So by the way, I listened to your podcast and like I was flirting with you and like it's really cute that you told that story and I was like, oh my god, <laughs> flirting via RSS feeds. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, oh, this is actually getting read. <laughs> it is. Oh, it is cute. actually it's getting really read. It's really fine. Really anyway, cute. I'm going to their birthday this party is why this we're weekend. Do <laughs> oh great! Live Broadway show, rock opera, musical. Yes. <laughs> That's so okay. Exactly. That was a very good palate cleanser, Bex. I'm glad we. I'm glad we heard that story. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> really, really simple, really uh, heartfelt question. What is your favorite thing about doing this show? Talking to you, talking babe. To talking friend. to my best yeah. friend. Yeah. No question. Yeah. 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 No, like, and like, fully honest, like, we are both folks who are mentally ill with very busy lives in very distant cities from one another. Yeah. And like having a reason beyond I love you and enjoy talking to you about sex to call you every single week and talk for an hour is like really good for both of us and for our relationship and things like yeah yeah it's it's really I don't know it's important to me and I like having this little little moment every week with you yeah I, I feel the exact same and like you know, you pointed out our our illnesses and various like stressors in our lives, and that's mm-hmm. like, I I am not always good at like maintaining friendships when times are tough, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, this was a way for me to hang on to this person who like, uh, very soon after I met you, I think I was like, wow, this person and I have a lot in common and get along mm-hmm. really well and have great conversations. It's like, that's a person you want to keep in your life. And if doing a podcast mm-hmm. together is what you have to do to make that happen, then like, good. <laughs> Worth it. Do it. Yeah. 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 And I I also really appreciate, like, I mean, as a person with ADHD and a lot of mental illness and other things, uh, I don't stick with many things, like, in general. Like, it's hard to maintain friendships. It's also hard to maintain routines and projects and things Mm -hmm. and I think working on this with you has kept me motivated to keep doing the thing every week for years which is like I can't look at any other project in my life like one specific project that has lasted this long in this way Mm -hmm. and like that has evolved and grown with me and it's something that I'm like really proud of putting out into the world and seeing that I get to share that with my best friend yeah, yeah, me too. And I think like one of the things that makes us so great as a pair is that like mm-hmm. we're not usually both having episodes of illness at the same time. And even when we mm-hmm. are, like we're kind of affected differently by it. So mm-hmm. we still manage to get it done most of the time. And I think that that's really cool. And it's very much what I want a partnership of any kind to be. Like you, yeah. you know, uh, help each other when you're you know, struggling and you compliment each other in both senses mm-hmm. of the word compliment. I <laughs> am uh, the yes. E sense. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, considering all that, now that we've had 250 episodes of this show and it's great and everything, what do we have planned for the next 250? What's the future of the Dodgers <laughs> look like? I mean, more What's of this coming chaos. next season. Oh yeah. Chaos. Great. Yeah. I love that season. Yeah. <laughs> I never think oh. that far ahead for this show. Um, yeah. We, I, we said earlier we, we get episode <laughs> subtopics the week of. I, I can't tell you what we're talking about. Oh, I can tell you what we're talking about next week. Ah, but I can't tell you the week after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I don't have any kind of really vision for the future of this show. My feeling is mm-hmm. that if we ever wanted or needed to end it for some reason, we would 
find a, a nice way to do that. And mm-hmm. uh, but at the same time, like I don't I don't really see a an end in sight i think we enjoy doing the show i think the only thing that's like sometimes made me wonder if we should end it is like feeling like we're running out of topic ideas but Mm -hmm. there's somehow still always more i mean even if we feel one week like i don't know we've talked about every single thing like i don't know i'll be i'll be having sex or i'll be reading something about sex and i'll come across something and I'll go, oh, we haven't done an episode about that. And so yeah. it's sometimes yeah, really it's, hard, but but I think that we usually make it work. It's yeah. neat when you guys revisit topics too, because yeah. I mean, like you said, you've been doing this for years now. Um, and the first thing both of you said when Matt said, if you haven't heard from the beginning was don't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so like, yeah, y'all have different opinions on a lot of things than you did before and have more um, different or more insightful things to say about a lot of things. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, that's the thing I didn't actually expect to do as much of as we as we got to, um, or as we have, is like revisiting the same ideas and just like, oh, it's been a year since we've talked about blowjobs. Like, doing one blowjob <laughs> episode was not yeah. everything we ever have to say <laughs> about blowjobs. We can talk for another hour about them. Like, I was right. working on my workshop outline right before this, and it's damn near four hours if I include everything I want to say. So, like, <laughs> the fact that we can revisit things is is fun and a thing that I didn't think would be as much of an opportunity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. I do well, want to do more guest episodes in the future. I will say that. Especially the pandemic slowed down my ability to contact, well, you know, anyone. Um <laughs> But uh, I definitely do want to talk to more guests. Just, again, selfishly, I want to have conversations with clever people, and I'm too anxious to do it without a pretense. Yeah, yeah and I think, I think the guest episodes bring, like, bring up topics that then become topic episodes so often, too. Like, I think mm-hmm. it's a great way to refill the, the well. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. Awesome. Well, this show wouldn't be what it is without the listeners. I don't know. Do they have a, a Dildorkians? Is there is there a, a word for that? <laughs> I don't think so. I've actually always just kind of referred to them as our Dildorks because yeah. that makes sense. I feel like to to be a Dildork is to be a person who is nerdy and thoughtful about sex. I don't know. That's just kind of how I think about it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. It also it also is kind of egalitarian. Like, you know, the hosts are the Dildorks, but also you are, you know? We're all... We're all <laughs> right, you know, it's, a, it's an anti-capitalist dildork. regime. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Right, exactly. Well, uh, so yeah, we have some questions... for people like us. <laughs> we have some questions from the Dildork Nation. No, uh, from the Dildorks uh, themselves. Uh, first one is, what is the biggest shift in how you feel or think about sex and kink compared to when you started uh, five years ago? I I think it's less a shift, but I think I'm going to revisit what we talked about a little bit earlier, and I think it is this idea of pulling away all of the things that I thought were about sex that were about so many other things. Um, Mm. And now I feel like, like the, you know, those ideas of like power and status and masculinity and social capital and, um, yeah, desirability, all of that. having to be inherent in like talking about sex and also just being a sexual person in the world and like yeah I think I've like disentangled a lot mm-hmm. and I I I've I think of things as more like I, I can recognize the distinct pieces that make something up a lot more clearly than I think I did when we started this show mm-hmm. cool yeah we've both had a lot of therapy while working on this <laughs> yeah, show which yeah. is, has made it a better show honestly I think because we're more able mm-hmm. to identify why we think and feel the way that we think and feel. Uh, mm. I, I You've had a lot of therapists on the show to, too. 
It's true. Yeah, yeah we've been very yeah. lucky in that way. Um, I think that when I listen to early episodes of our show and I'm kind of thinking about the version of me who I was back then, I was mm-hmm. very interested in attaining male attention and male approval. And, like, mm-hmm. to some extent, it is normal to want the approval of people who you're attracted to of course but like there is also an element of like patriarchy in that like feeling like Mm -hmm. male approval was this finite resource and this thing that you know validated that I was worthy as a person and I can kind of hear that in myself in the early episodes and now Mm -hmm. I mean I've I've dated so many more non-binary people and been like do I need dudes in my life romantically? Maybe not. Um, and also just kind of like become more centered in myself through therapy to be like, yeah, that random shitty dude might approve of you or think you're hot, but like, who cares? Like if yeah. he's not interesting or smart or funny or whatever, like who cares? Mm-hmm. So I'm a better person now than I started. That's okay. basically what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's better than the opposite, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so the next question, you basically answered this already, but it was, do you ever feel like you ever wanted to quit the show? What made you keep going? But Kate kind of answered that already. So I think... Well, I mean, we, we actually had a, we had a period of like some conflict, some some rough stuff in our friendship. Yeah. And at that time, yeah. I did kind of think, like, are we going to stop the show? Like, because mm-hmm. it was so based on our friendship and our chemistry, and that wasn't really working. And yeah. I was like, I don't know. Like, it wasn't pleasant anymore to do the show for a while. But then we had, a con- we had like, one conversation about it and, like, yeah. cleared up some stuff that was going on. And, like, it's been a lot better since then. Yeah. Yeah, I think that... Um that was one of those moments where like, I don't know, the, the, the show also helped. Like we both cared about wanting to continue being friends and also wanting to continue the show. And the combination of those needs, like made that conversation almost a little more accessible mm-hmm. because it was like, I, it's also scary though. I, That's I, two I, big things. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And we don't, we don't love conflict either of us. And like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It would have been easy to just not have a conversation and just, I don't know, like fade back into the hedge like that Homer Simpson gif. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think the, our combined like level of care about each other and the show was like, no, we'll, we'll, let's figure, let's figure this, let's figure out what's going on. Yep. Yeah, that's really neat. And I mean, it's also an impressive thing to just uh, a, a sort of pressure that most friendships don't have of like, yes, like we are we have a friendship and also our friendship is public facing. And that's really yeah. neat that like, yeah. y'all have been able to both navigate and I don't know, come around like every friendship has difficult stuff. And the show not only helped when which it could have really hurt because that's, I don't mm-hmm. know, a hard thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's neat that it helped and like, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm glad y'all are friends. Y'all are great. And this is a great show. Yeah, it is. I, <laughs> I think you. Kate and I relate on that topic a lot because like I run a business with my best friends. And so we end up having a mm-hmm. lot of conversations and had a lot of conversations during that period about like, how do you um, tease those things apart or how do you use those things to support each other? Um, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a really tricky thing to do, but when it works, it, it's so much better because you feel like you can really trust your collaborator on a level that's more than just like a working relationship, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for totally. sure. And speaking of that, 
Um, how has recording the show every week with each other changed your relationships um, to one another and, and with uh, us, your partners, and, and your other partners as well? I mean, I'll say, like, Bex's perspectives on kink and sex and relationships are very influential to me. Like, we have evolved on Aww. similar, you know, axes uh, throughout our friendship mm-hmm. because we just talk so much about this stuff that we can't help but influence each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, yeah, I quite often during, um, while I'm thinking or writing or whatever about relationships or about sex, will like just quote verbatim, like an idea <laughs> that you have introduced to me, um, Neat. or a, a perfect way I'll that quote you, you put in it. all my workshops. <laughs> he does. He does. It's really cute. <laughs> yeah, like we we just always influence each other, mm-hmm. which is natural for someone who you talk to for an hour every single week, and, and someone who you respect and think that they have really smart, good opinions about things. Uh, and yeah, it's, yeah. I, I think a lot of my relationships like would have been very different if not for your influence on how I thought about relationships. Yeah, I mean, you've definitely been like a core part of my growth and my understanding around sexuality and relationships and things just like because we've worked through things alongside each other and we've worked through like separate things mm-hmm. like I feel like I have so much more of an understanding about folks with an anxious attachment style mm-hmm. than I would otherwise because that's less something I experience um mm-hmm. I'm much more avoidant um so it like, I am able to think about, like, there is so much that we have in common and there is so much that we don't that I'm able to think about, like, um, I don't know, well, how would Kate feel about this or what, like, what mm. would she have to say about this? And it gives me a different perspective because I can have, like, your voice in my head, which is mm-hmm. neat. Um, yep. And also the, the, the podcast in general, um, in terms of my other relationships, encourages me to think creatively about sex and specific topics that like I may not have even thought of recently but then I wind up bringing them more into my relationships like whatever you know maybe you watched a movie that had a pervy scene in it and you were like so I'm thinking about medical play this morning and that's the idea that so we're going to talk about medical play and then we have a conversation and it winds up you know whatever medical play looks like for us and I've stumbled across something that I'm like wow I had literally never considered it but now that's hot maybe I should Mm -hmm. I don't know maybe I should go do that and then your partner listens to it and then yeah and then I forget (laughs) and then a week later they listen to the podcast and send me a text and I go yes maybe we should do that absolutely (laughs) um but yeah, it definitely is a source of ideas. Yeah, it's really amazing to have a partner who listens to the show because I feel like mm-hmm. I don't always have to bring Matt up to speed with how I'm feeling or how I'm thinking about certain things because I just talk to mm-hmm. you about them. <laughs> yeah, and we do like, I don't know, we do, I come to so many revelations on this show through conversations mm-hmm. with you. There's so many times I'm in the middle of saying a thing and I'm like, oh, I've never really articulated this before in a particular way. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's cool to ha- to be able to have them listen to that. And I always thought it would like make me really anxious or feel really weird to date someone who had listened to my show a bunch because they had, so they, as they alluded to, we met at a conference um, and they came home from the conference and was like, so this guy has a podcast. I should listen to all of it because they also have ADHD and I was quite cute. <laughs> and it's a good show. <laughs> On occasion. Um, Frequently. They, uh, <laughs> 
Um, and like, it, it was a little weird. Like I had that moment of like, oh gosh, you just, wow, you've just listened to, wow, you've just listened to all of that. But that was also followed up by like, wow, gosh, you've just listened to all of that. And you're just in my DM still. You're just, because <laughs> I just say, like, I'm just, you're li- literally just listening in on conversations with my best friend every week. So like, I don't, sometimes I just say things and I'm like, oh gosh, that is out in the world. Yeah. And to have someone like being like, yes, you do do that. And I've heard all of it and would like to date you was way cooler than I thought it would be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Uh-huh. I saw the daddy in the window and I was like, that one. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, well, so these listener questions have been great. And a thing that I also think is really cute is you both really, really adore listener question episodes. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. And I, you both get really excited, and I don't know, it's like a certain kind of joy when you guys do listener question episodes. So, like, what are some, <laughs> are there any common themes you've seen in the kind of listener questions you get, um, both in general for the topics and when you have, like, general advice ones? Um, and, like, what kind of questions surprise you the most? Or if you can think of any questions that have surprised you the most? I think that I, we have an audience who is already very down with the idea that communication is necessary for good sex. Mm -hmm. So I think that at this point, we're lucky enough to receive a lot of questions that go beyond the typical sex ed types of questions. Like, Mm -hmm. how do I talk to my partner about X, Y, Z? Or like, my partner does this thing that I hate, and I've never told them I hate it. How do I I make them stop (laughs) doing it? Like, I feel like our listeners are so thoughtful and communicative about sex already that they're often they'll often just ask questions that I that have never occurred to me which is not Mm -hmm. a very common thing when you're a sex educator like there is a ton of the same exact types of questions over and over again but our listeners I feel like are a cut above in many ways (laughs) like they Mm -hmm. because we say the same basic ideas a lot of the time and one of them is like you gotta fucking communicate dude like it's the only way to make (laughs) anything happen I do it brings me a particular joy the amount of like listener questions we get that are like I am into this thing but ethics <laughs> um, yeah yeah like how do I do this can I do this should I do this um <laughs> Which I, I think is interesting and probably more unique to us than some other uh, sexuality shows, Q&A advice type things. Yeah, other, um, other sh- on other shows they just have boners and they're just like, how do I accomplish this? On the Dildrex, it's like, but should I? <laughs> right. Yes. How do I convince my partner to do this thing rather than should I convince my partner? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> And I think it just speaks to uh, the kind of people who have brains like ours, which I appreciate. Y'all are people out there. <laughs> yeah. We exist. There are dozens of us. Okay, last question from the wonderful listeners out there. Um, how do you keep uh, sex sexy when it's your job to talk about it, educate about it, and write about it every week? I, man, tell you tell me. I don't know. <laughs> I, I actually so, think so like... Does have a book? I don't... I, I think that us being friends who have like never like <laughs> done sex things together other than mm-hmm. being beside each other at threesomes is like actually really helpful in this regard because mm-hmm. I don't know. Separate I feel container. like if we were like... into. Yeah, if we were, like, into each other or, like, you know, erstwhile sexual partners, whatever, and we were, I, I feel like I would 
be thinking about a lot of the topics that we discuss like in relation to you mm-hmm. and not like mm-hmm. extrapolating them to how they apply elsewhere in my life. Oh, um, yeah. That makes sense, yeah. I, I would say this show is the least likely to burn me out on like thinking and talking about sex too much um Mm -hmm. it is much more sex work adjacent stuff that Mm -hmm. does that because what i get tired of is the idea of performance Mm -hmm. and we've talked a lot about this show about how i don't feel the need to perform sexy on this show Mm -hmm. um it is like i I think we have become more and more comfortable just like, oh, our listeners like like us and the way we think about things. So I'm just going to do that into a microphone and it seems to be going well. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so I, it is like, th- but I think I keep sex sexy by wanting to, honestly, mm-hmm. yeah, you is work the out answer. It. By yeah. continuing to have conversations with my partner about the things that would or do feel good about the things that just remind me of work these days right now Mm -hmm. um about like i don't know i'm feeling really burnt out on this but like i'm noticing that we're not hooking up as much as i want to or like we're doing a lot of the same stuff as usual so like how can i enlist you in helping me make sex feel sparkly again and fun again Mm -hmm. um so i i think the, the answer to that question has changed a lot over the course of several many years that we've been doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the one consistent thing is that I, I did it simply by wanting to do it and pouring energy towards doing it and finding the things that work. Yeah. And um, when you talk about like keeping sex sexy I mean it's very sexy to me that I have a partner who listens to my sex podcast every week and Mm -hmm. if I like mention some fantasy or thought about something that I'm interested in trying they'll just be like so when should we try that like um, (laughs) let's get it on the list get on the schedule yeah (laughs) yeah it's it's uh it's a way of feeling very listened to, which is Mm -hmm. not always something that happens in relationships. Um, And that's kind of a nice perk of the podcast. Like, I remember when I started dating Matt and they were always like listening to every single episode of my show. And I was like, you don't have to listen to like every episode. Like, that's fine. And they were like, they just couldn't get their head around the idea. Why would you not want to listen to every show of the thing that your partner makes? I don't know. I don't know how conscious this is. It's not conscious. This is how you work. Um, <laughs> this not. is, I don't, there, I don't know how many people know how it feels to be surprised, flirted at on a public <laughs> medium that other people that you know have heard first. Yeah. And so as far as, I don't know, sex and relationships, like the frequency with which <laughs> he flirts with me via the podcast, immediately forgets what he said. And then a week later gets to be like, Oh, oh, daddy, you, you said a thing, and I oh, and he was like, I, I, I thought you'd like that, uh huh. It's like banking horny points for future me. Yeah, literally. Like, I, and I see him on Thursdays. So if I listen to the new episode on Tuesday or Wednesday, and on Thursday I'm like, hi, um, so you said this thing. And we record on Thursdays, so they're coming over like two hours after I've recorded the next episode, and they're like, so you said this thing, and I'm like, that was a week ago, it's, it didn't, I don't know, it's gone forever. It's news, you're always like, I'm like, did I know? What was the, what did we even talk about last week? I don't, we've done a new podcast, it's been replaced. (laughs) But but yeah, I don't know, it's, it's, it's cute and fun and neat being like, ah, 
He just, this, this was a live voice note for him. <laughs> note to self in real time. And now I get to deliver it back to him. Yes. Um, oh, no, that's It's like cute. telling Google to remind you something. Except that. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's a perfect spot to leave it. Well, Kate, Bex, thank you so much for being our guest on your own show. Um, <laughs> thank you for hosting. This was delightful. Your questions yes. were great. I feel very the center of attention and that appeals to me as a as a princess so thank you <laughs> are you not usually one of the centers of attention on your own show i i i would argue <laughs> uh, I, I, don't, I feel like bex is my focus of attention during the show because uh, i'm not that i don't know i'm just not focused on myself that much <laughs> I, yeah it's fine I, I, my attention is focused more on you so i think Aww. we're fine I, yeah we're doing fine <laughs> all right why don't you tell the folks at home what you're up to and where they can find you online Sure. I've been Kate Sloan. I have a sex blog at girlyjuice.net. My book is available for pre-order. I have held it physically in my hands and it is beautiful and you're going to want to pre-order it, folks, especially if you're interested in kink. You can find I that found out, out me and Andre both pre-ordered it, so there are two copies coming to my home. Oh my god, that's <laughs> so cute. I'm going to cry. Um, yeah. You can go to 101kinkythings.com to pre-order that. Um, I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at girly underscore juice, and I co-host another podcast, which you're welcome to listen to with another avoidant boy um <laughs> and it's called question box <laughs> this, okay so we are both so avoidant that we have lived in the same city for like <laughs> well over half a year and every few weeks we send each other like two texts or like hi you're in our city we should hang out i miss you you're great and then and then just trail off <laughs> it's great that's, that's great that's we're doing great pandemic <laughs> conversations happen that's just how they all are now right right, right. right. yeah, I yeah. but anyway i love him he's fantastic <laughs> we should hang out i should yeah. watch a star trek musical anyway uh-huh. who are you who, who, who are you daddy who, who are am you? i yeah. i'm bex i have a podcast um i'm bex you can find my writing and information about my workshops at bextalksex.com i am doing my better bottoming workshop online twice in august so you can go to my website to get details about that uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the Dildorks. I'm also quite naked on the internet. You can find me at Billy Lore on Twitter or on Just for Fans at JustFor.Fans slash Billy Lore. Uh, all right. Well, that wraps up the 250th episode of the Dildorks. On behalf of Kate and Bex, thank you so much for listening. I am Matthew <laughs> Bischoff. I have a non-sex blog at MatthewBischoff.com. You can follow me on Twitter at mb and on instagram at mappy uh where's your stuff friend i am ash you can find my photography on twitter and instagram at rose like the flower glass like the see-through stuff and photos <laughs> at rose glass photos um and you can find lots of me and bex being naked on the internet at, by going to twitter at g D underscore dark home um as in raven dark home from x-men um or <laughs> ddarkholm.minivids.com. Um, if you want to support this lovely podcast that we all love that's been happening for 250 episodes, uh, you can go to <laughs> patreon.com slash the dildorks, toss a couple of bucks our way. While you're there, rate and review us. It brings up in the charts, makes it easier for other folks to find, and also makes my daddy smile. It does. <laughs> Thank you so much to Protodome who made the show's theme song, I Want You In My Bedroom. You can find his music at protodome.bandcamp.com. Thank you to Amy who designed the logo. She is at starboots underscore on Twitter. And thank you to you, for listening until next time folks get out there and live your sexy dorky lives 
Bye. Bye. <laughs> I was so excited to do the Vex outro. Five, I was seven, ready. Five, I also I fucking nailed it. That's hilarious. That was so fun. And now it goes. Oh. I want you in my bedroom. <laughs> do, do, do. Yeah. Making bloops by the second. See. Yeah. The way I talked about like I don't know. Ah. Let me take that again. Um, I kicked the table. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering um, what happened. <laughs> yeah. Um, Recording. Um, can we, let's do a, a clap sync up uh, for okay. for my sanity's sake. Um, <laughs> so I'll count to three in a rhythmic manner. That's what Brent always says when he's in a rhythmic this. manner. In a metronome like manner, and um, where four would go, we'll all clap near our mics. Okie doke. Okay. One. Okay. Two, three. A <laughs> uh, quick mid-scene <laughs> check-in. No DMs later. <laughs> since I am the time monarch, I suppose. Um, we've got a few more of our own <laughs> questions, but if we wanted to keep it to a very tight episode, we might want to jump to listener questions now. What do you all um, think? I'm fine with it going over, like 15 yeah. to 20 over. How do you all feel about I that? Think, yeah, I think that'll be about I'm what it is. I'm fine with that. Okay, yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't mind having a long, luxuriant, self-indulgent episode to celebrate 250. That's awesome. Yeah, that's what I figured. That's what I, yeah, that's what I want for the two of you. that. And yeah. I kind of like all the questions. Yeah, the questions are good. <laughs> yeah, they're all great. Thank you yeah. for, for the great thought-provoking questions. You're welcome. Oh, by the time I read them, I was like, there, everybody asked all the things I thought. I don't know. What else do I think about you? What else do I want to know? But I'm glad I thought of a couple. I mean, you're, yeah. you're delivering them with great panache. So You are. It's <laughs> true. Thank you. <laughs>